We don't usually have one of those on our church calendar. So Ecclesiastes chapter 12, find that on page 559 in the Pew Bibles. Children, here are your questions for this evening. First, how can you encourage some of the older people in our church? Two, if you have a grandpa and grandma, will you remember to pray for them today? Three, we have many people in our church family who can't come to church because of their age and weakness. Ask your parents to help you pray for someone on today's bulletin prayer list who can't come to church. That wasn't a question. That was an, an encouragement. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. This is the word of God. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil days come and the years draw near, of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain, in the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men are bent and the grinders cease because they are few, and those who look through the windows are dim and the doors on the street are shut. The sound of the grinding is low, and one rises up at the sound of a bird, and all the daughters of song are brought low. They are afraid also of what is high, and terrors are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along, the desire, a desire fails because man is going to his eternal home, and the mourners go about the streets. Before the silver cord is snapped, or the golden bowl is broken, where the pitcher is shattered at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, and the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher, all is vanity. Besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. The preacher sought to find words of delight, and uprightly he wrote words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads, and like nails firmly fixed are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. My son, be aware, beware of anything beyond these. Of making many books there is no end, and much study is weariness of the flesh. The end of the matter all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment and every secret thing, whether good or evil. There ends the reading of God's word. Let's pray together. Lord our God, we thank you for your mercy. Lord, we thank you for the grace that you show your people day after day. Lord, we thank you that you feed us from your word. And as we turn now to this passage, Lord, we pray that you would feed us again. Minister to us, we ask, give us insight, give us wisdom. Through your word, may we draw near to you. May we indeed hear from you. So minister to us through your word and through the preaching of your word. So send your Holy Spirit, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, where does it begin? Where do these so-called golden years begin? 
reading this makes me think that it must be some time before this. Because this is in tune with much of Ecclesiastes. It's a very somber, sobering, almost depressing perspective on what it's like to start to decline. The author is describing the impact of age in a poetic way, but it's not a love song. He's not in love with the process of aging. It's very poetic. I'm not going to tonight go into all the details of what he's saying here, but if you read closely, you'll recognize what he's describing. It's hard to know for us just when this whole issue of being in the so-called golden age or being senior citizens starts. I know AARP starts to send stuff out to you before you turn 50. I've heard that 70 is the new 50, and senior discounts vary from place to place, so I'm not exactly sure what qualifies someone to be a senior citizen or living in those golden years. Tonight's message is a bookend to the morning message. As I wanted to encourage young people in particular this morning, I want to encourage our seniors, wherever you find yourself, maybe you're a youthful senior, or maybe you're a old-feeling young person, whatever the case may be, I want you to be encouraged tonight. Some of the basics are going to be similar to this morning. The basics, essentially, being pursuit of the means of grace. And no matter what our age, even if we're in the most aged years of our existence, we still need to be pursuing the word and prayer and fellowship and worship and all those things that God has provided for us. But some things are unique to the attainment of years. Before I go any further, I want to remind all of us that we are to honor our elders. This is what's written amidst many very serious commands. You shall stand up before the gray head and honor the face of an old man. And you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. Tonight I'm trusting that you have trusted in Jesus, that, that you've rested your soul in Jesus in the finished work of his saving grace. If not, I urge you tonight, as I urge the young people this morning, if you're not there yet, if you haven't been reconciled to God, that you pray that the Holy Spirit would open up your heart and your mind. But as I proceed, I'm going to, to build on the fact that God has saved us through his grace, through the Lord Jesus Christ. And no matter how long our life is, that is a lifelong journey. And so I know we're all in different places tonight. We have to remember that no man knows his hour. And I can assure you of this, that you are closer to stepping into eternity today than you were yesterday. And tomorrow you will be closer, should the Lord will it, you will be closer tomorrow still. First of all, I want to remind us that we need to keep learning. At some point, you learned the gospel. If you had godly parents, they taught you the gospel from the time that you were young. If you were raised in the church, if you were blessed to be raised in a church, in a Bible-believing church, you had Sunday school teachers who taught you the truth of the gospel and many other things in Scripture. 
If you were in a faithful church, you heard the gospel preached from the pulpit. You began this process of learning. Some of you may have actually learned the gospel from a spouse that was converted before you were. Some of us may have learned it from a sibling that came to know faith before we did. But at some point, we began this, this process of learning. And then as we embraced the faith on our own, we embarked on this learning experience that will never end. And if you're in the Word, you recognize that the Word is in fact alive and that you're always going to be learning more and more, more than you learned in the past. And in the Word, you're going to keep seeing new things and you're going to be continually transformed by the work of the Word in your life. Now, I want to encourage you to learn more, to keep on learning, keep it up. In God's Word, you'll learn more about Him as you read and grow. You'll secure your assurance more and more because you'll see how faithful and great he is and true to his promises to you so stay in the word more and more and i know many of you are i love hearing the devotions of some of our people long in years still reading the scripture some with the plan of reading through the bible through a year and doing it year after year and just don't stop keep it up I love to see our seniors in our Sunday school classes. Some of our people, if you think about it, have been going to Sunday school faithfully for 80 plus years. And I simply want to say, keep it up. But as you grow, and as you continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and as you continue to grow in wisdom and knowledge, understanding how to apply the word to your life, don't be stingy with it. Learn more to share. You might not be a Bible teacher, but we need to talk to the younger generations about the things of God. So often I wish I could go back and ask some of my elderly relatives that have since passed away uh, things about the experiences in their lives some who fought in war, some who lived through the Depression, some who experienced things that, that I never experienced. I wish I could go back and ask them questions, sometimes just silly, trivial questions, other times profound things. But what great value is there in talking about the way that God has proven his faithfulness to us and sharing that with generations that come after us? The call to worship this morning referred to generation after generation will be taught the things of God. Guess who has that responsibility? It's this generation to teach the next generation, to teach the next generation. If the older generation is going to be silent, which we too often are, if we're going to be silent about the things of God, there's not much hope that's not doing any favors to the next generation. And so take opportunities to talk about things about the Lord. Sometimes we can get caught up in arguments about politics or music or style or hair. We can turn into arguments when we really should be talking about things that matter, things that last, things that are eternal. I'm kind of envious of a of a grandfather who recently told me that he 
literally spent hours the other day talking to one of his granddaughters just about the Bible, just about the faith. That's a wonderful thing. It's a rare thing. But he has that kind of rapport with that younger woman in his life, his own granddaughter, that they can dig into the Bible together. But again, generation after generation, sharing the glorious truths of God. So, so continue to learn and learn more to share more. Embrace your faith. This morning I reminded the youth that we need to make sure that we're embracing faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, I'm trusting that you've done that. But, but embrace some other things as well. Embrace God's faithfulness. Think about how he called you at some point in your life. God effectually called you to be his own. And then he provided for you and he kept you. Some of you through some great trials. When you sing Amazing Grace and you sing through many dangers, toils, and snares, you know what you're singing about. But Amazing Grace has brought you this far. Many trials, many blessings. Think about how he keeps you. How he keeps you now. Let that inspire you because he will continue to be faithful to you. Great is thy faithfulness. We sing strength for today, bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Think on his faithfulness. And rest in his sovereignty. If there is a study in scripture that is above everything in scripture, it is the absolute sovereignty of God. And so study God's sovereignty, trust in his sovereignty for the big things that we worry about. We worry about, don't we? We worry about what our country is going to be like for our children and for our grandchildren. And understandably so. We're headed in a terrible direction in our nation. But we still have to trust in God's sovereignty no matter what comes to pass, not only for ourselves, but for our children and our children's children. God is faithful to his covenant. He does not leave or forsake his people, bad as things might get but also trust in his sovereignty for your own life. Even through those inexplicable hardships that we might face in life, cling to Romans 8.28. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Trust him in his sovereignty for how things are and how they will be as your days draw near. As your day draws near. We discover in Psalm 90, verse 10, the years of our life are 70, or even by reason of length 80, yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Some of us have been granted years beyond that. I couldn't help but think of of this hymn with reference to our trusting in God's sovereignty. 
It's interesting to me how some of the songs in this era are repetitive, and as they repeat things over and over again, it sticks in your mind, which reminds me that many of our people in nursing homes, even though they might not have much of their mental capacity left, isn't it amazing how so often songs and hymns and psalms still well up in their hearts and their minds? Many stories about how somebody's leading a a music service in a nursing home and there's someone who's entirely silent while they're speaking, but then they'll sing a good old hymn from that generation in particular and that individual begins to sing. My times are in thy hand. My God, I wish them there. My life, my friends, my soul, I leave entirely to thy care. My times are in thy hand, whatever they may be, pleasing or painful, dark or bright, as best may seem to thee. My times are in thy hand, why should I doubt or fear? My father's hand will never cause his child a needless tear. My times are in thy hand, Jesus the crucified. Those hands my cruel sins had pierced are now my guard and guide. Keep learning, keep embracing his faithfulness and his sovereignty, and then live to the fullness for the Lord. The goal of aging is not not leisure. The goal of aging is the same goal as youth, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And so we continue to live for the Lord. We're created for his glory and we're to continue to glorify God in our later years. Live for him to the fullness. Live in the moment. Live in this moment. You know, past days may have been better, they may have been worse, but you're in the here and now. The writer, the teacher, Koheleth, the instructor of Ecclesiastes, wrote this earlier. Say not, why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. Pining away for the good old days is not going to help you. It's not going to help you. Bad things, there are bad things about the good old days. There are good things today because Jesus Christ is still Lord. He's still Lord of your life. You know what the Golden Friends, our group in our church, starts every event with? This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. That little chorus from Psalm 118. This is the day. Rejoice and be glad in it. But as we're doing so, we need to have eternity in view. Eternity in view, always. You see, we need to think about how it ends, but we think about how it really doesn't end. (laughs) It doesn't end in defeat and gloom for those who are in Christ. It's a glorious thing after all. So we have eternity in view. Paul talks about Apostle Paul talks about how 
how the bodies are wasting away. But they're not discouraged. And that's in his own context of being an apostle that's constantly persecuted and wasting away for many different reasons, but the principle applies. We might feel our bodies fading. We might feel ourselves wasting away. We don't lose hope. We don't despair. Because we're in God's hand and we have our eyes on eternity. Things may grow dim for us. To be very painfully honest, our nursing homes are full. But the light of life of Christ still shines in the hearts of his people, even when things get cloudy and dark. Even when we're confused, the Lord still can touch us deep down. I think that's so important for us to think about. When we start to lose loved ones as their, maybe their minds start to go, to pray for them, even in the deep throes of confusion, that the Lord would still touch them deeply with the assurance that only he can give. And for any of the spouses who are walking their loved ones through that, that they would trust God, that they would trust God for that, for themselves, but also for their loved ones. You see, if they belong to the Lord, he will always keep them in his hand. Well, for our seniors, I suppose I qualify. Here it is. There is an end to life. To this life. May God grant the end to be like Abraham's who died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and then he was gathered to his people. We don't know how many years we have. We might leave slowly. We might leave quickly. We might leave mentally intact. We might leave completely foggy. But that's not the end. You see, while it ends in death for all of us, it really doesn't. Isn't that a wonderful truth of Scripture? Here's what Jesus said. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? That's the question that Jesus asked to Martha, but do you believe this? If so, in Christ will be with him. And one day, our whole self will be renewed in his presence. And we'll see Jesus face to face. And one glorious side benefit, and I can say this with confidence, we will see our loved ones who died in the Lord. There will be a reunion. As for us, can we truly sing this hymn? My Jesus, I love thee. I'll love thee in life. I will love thee in death. 
and praise thee as long as thou lendest me breath. And say when the death do when the death do lies cold on my brow, if ever I loved thee, my Jesus is now. But even that hymn doesn't end there. In mansions of glory and endless delight, I'll ever adore thee in heaven so bright. I'll sing with a glittering crown on my brow. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. Let's pray. Lord our God, how thankful we are to know that our times are in fact in your hands. Our very lives, our souls that will never die, and even our bodies are in your hands. Everything. We don't belong to ourselves. We belong to you. And we know that that was possible because of your love for us, proven to us by you sending your Son so that we might have eternal life. That we would know the resurrection and the life, and in believing, we would have life now and life forever. Lord, we do pray that you would teach us to number our days day by day, recognizing that we have a journey in this life and that one day that journey will come to an end and we will step over the threshold of this life into eternity. And we will stand before you. And we will be judged. How deeply thankful we are that we will be in Christ judged according to his righteousness. Lord, we thank you so much for the assurance you give through that truth. And may that inspire us and help us to live more fully and focused on you according to the number of our days. And we come to, the one, come to you in the name of the one who is the Alpha and the Omega, who is from everlasting to everlasting, our Lord Jesus. Amen. I know one saint in his 90s who every time I see him, at some point we'll say, I'm looking forward to 